You're listening to Parenting in the First Three Years, the place where we explore the strategies and soul of parenting from pregnancy through the first three years of life. I'm your host, Ann McKittrick. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey there, and welcome back to Parenting in the First Three Years. I'm so glad that you've joined me. When I was in the thick of raising our three kids, things would often come up that I just didn't know how to handle, even though I had a graduate degree in child development. Things are just different in the real world of parenting. So I was always learning and trying to figure out what to do in the everyday stuff of life. In today's episode, we're talking about keeping a growth mindset. I'm delighted to introduce Dr. Estelle Giraud. She's an entrepreneur and a scientist who's a leader in biotech and frontier medicine. She's also the proud mother of a beautiful little boy born during the pandemic, and together we explore how to approach parenting with a growth mindset for your child and yourself at the same time, and how to practice grace because we can't be good at it all the time. By the end of this episode, you'll have some practical tools in your pocket that you can apply immediately. Here's our conversation. Enjoy. So thank you, Estelle, for joining me today. I just want to welcome you to Parenting in the First Three Years. I'm so delighted to have you share with our audience some of the insights that you have about becoming a mom. So thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this conversation. Why don't you just tell us really, really quickly, just a little dab of what it is that you do and how your interest in new moms has risen to the top of your forefront. Yeah, that's, that's, I'll try and be brief. Uh, So I'm, I'm a scientist. Uh, I'm an operator a commercial operator. I was a career woman. Um, I am a mother, obviously. I have a little baby boy now. Uh, And I'm also a founder. I'm an entrepreneur. And I left my corporate career to build a company in women's health and women's health data specifically. And part of that was my journey through pregnancy and the the health management that I had to do and the experience that I had through that, um, as well as passions that I've had throughout my entire history. Uh, you know, I have a deep interest in genetics and this kind of generational health data that we all have. And I really want to empower women to be able to have healthier lives and pregnancies and children and ultimately, you know, make a dent on, (laughs) on the way that we deal with our healthcare system. Right. Yeah. It's fascinating work. I've been learning about what you do and as a scientist and population genetics is, is your PhD. So you have really yeah. delved in deeply into the science of families and children and, and all of that stuff. How would you describe based on your own experiences of becoming a parent during the pandemic, um, the difference between learning facts about parenting and having a child versus the real life experiences of parenting and learning about your baby? Yeah. So I, I think you don't, nobody is ever fully prepared for what that journey entails. Um, There is definitely in hindsight, some areas that I would have done more research on, particularly around that early postpartum period. I think there's such an impact on a mother's health and definitely during a pandemic, um, you know, it was incredibly isolating um, and not a lot of support network, not a lot of village that I really felt like I could lean on. 
And in hindsight, that's really obvious. You're in a pandemic. And so I um, I had a postpartum doula actually come visit with me a couple of weeks after birth. And she was amazing in terms of support and just resetting my expectations, resetting everything around what my, you know, focus, what my, my um, ambition should be during that time. Uh, and I think it would have been helpful to have some of that planned in advance. It doesn't matter how much research you do. I think there's definitely just a really human element to making sure that you have that support network around you. Birth School is a self-paced virtual birth class that takes expected parents from excited but kind of clueless to totally confident we can do this. Perfect for parents in all stages of pregnancy, Birth School will help you create a plan for your labor, get your body ready for delivery and recovery, prepare to breastfeed or not, learn how to make healthy comfort food, start a pre-baby discussion with your partner, and more. Buy Birth School for yourself, your partner, an expectant friend, or add it to your Amazon registry. Because there's more to preparing for birth than just packing your suitcase. Visit nurturednoggins.com slash birthschool for details. In terms of parenting, though, uh, I am very intuitive with how I parent. Uh, I think there's so much pressure on us as parents to be perfect or do it this way or that way. And there, everybody has advice for how you should do this. I think at the end of the day, it's really up to you and your child and that's a that's a snowflake of a relationship and so leaning into that I embrace that now and it's um it it's it relieves a lot of pressure I definitely parent with a growth mindset of I'm not perfect and that's okay I'm a recovering perfectionist (laughs) I uh I am very used to kind of stretching myself into an uncomfortable zone professionally and it translates into how I parent and it's they they build off each other right so I think being a mother makes me a better entrepreneur and being an entrepreneur is definitely impacting how I think about motherhood that is so true I love that and I love the comparison of uh, your parenting relationship with your child, just like a snowflake. It's not like, it's not like any other parent-child relationship. That's a really beautiful way to look at it. So you mentioned your mindset. What are some ways that you keep this growth mindset um, <laughs> there? And, uh, yeah. you know, as a parent, let's start with that. And then maybe we'll talk about yourself as a, an entrepreneur as well. But how do you yeah. keep that growth mindset as a parent? I mean, like, I, I think it starts with the acknowledgement that I'm not perfect. I'm not there yet. I'm a work in progress and I'm okay with that. And if I model that for my child and my, my little boy is, is very young right now, so right, we can't have these conversations about it yet. It manifests in different ways with how I parent him. But um you know, I'm, I'm modeling for him that I'm imperfect at things and I fail or I can do better. And I verbalize that. I show him that instead of it being this, um, I mean, sterile is not the right word, but I really try and push back against this notion of like not letting him see some of the aspects of my life that I'm still a work in progress. And 
like I say, you know, he's really, really young. He's 19 months old. So the way that it manifests in how I've parented him up until this point, and this is not even conscious. A lot of this is, is subconscious, but um, we didn't sleep train, you know, really kind of hardcore sleep train. But uh, in French culture, I'm, I have French heritage, there's this notion of the pause. And if a child is, you know, uncomfortable, starts crying at night, you don't rush to them immediately. There's a, 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 a moment of pause where they might be uncomfortable, but they might be able to work through it themselves without your assistance. And so teaching him even from a, a very, very early age that un being uncomfortable in some sense is, is a part of life. We all have it in every aspect of our life. And so, and that's okay. That's, you know, being comfortable with being uncomfortable and, and learning to kind of work through things independently is really important. Um, and so I practice it a lot. Now it's, you know, it's not even about sleep, but it's about if he's trying to do something or trying to fix a toy or trying to, you know, whatever it is, this idea of a pause and just letting, like not rushing to fix everything or do everything for him all the time as a parent, even if I want to. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing that, again, subconsciously, like part of that pause is uh, having him ask me for help with something, uh, being able to verbalize mama help it was actually some of his his first words was mama help uh if he's struggling with something and then i will come and i'll help him side by side but i won't necessarily just do it for him mm -hmm. um and you know I, I it's very different right as a as a founder and kind of the way that i deal with uncomfort but uh those little tactical things with how I parent, I see just have a huge impact on his confidence and his courage and independence with trying new things. And, and right. that's how I want to raise my boy. Right. You know, you have just described beautifully what we train early childhood professionals to do, and that is to pause. And, and it's, you know, I can, I'm just going back in my mind to um, my own children being so young, um, you know, just making yourself, keeping your, your face with flat affect when they fall down and not yeah. having this look of horror on your face, like, oh my gosh, they're going to be so hurt and just waiting to see. Sometimes a kid will knock their head really hard and you think, oh my gosh, they've really yeah. hurt themselves and they just keep on playing if you don't make a big right. deal of it. <laughs> but um but that's a, a really beautiful thing to to just put out there for parents to think about and everyone does it instinctively but to mm -hmm. also do it um intentionally to pause in all of those all of those places you described you know, it's interesting because your little boy at 19 months old is really just beginning to become um, aware of their own thoughts about feelings and mm -hmm. his, his thoughts or responses to your emotions and things like that. Have you noticed him becoming aware of the expressions on your face and the way that you feel about things? Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, definitely. Uh, and it's it, it's getting harder in a way because it's so 
lovely and gratifying as a mother when they like come to you and want comfort Mm -hmm. and I want to provide comfort I'm there but at the same time you know he's I'm already noticing like patterns where he'll get you know a little bonk or a little he's like and he will come and he'll show me and he'll look at my face and and want to see the reaction on my face to his injury real or imagined right yeah, children really do study our faces to know how they need to respond to something, don't they? Mm-hmm. I think of this story. Our oldest daughter played soccer when she was really young. I think she was three or four. It was a ridiculously young age to start playing soccer. Wow. Is, yeah. You know? But anyways, it was mostly just putting on the clothes and kicking the ball around and and having fun. Um, but I remember there was a time when she got a hold of the ball and she's dribbling it. And she gives it a good kick to the goal and everyone just laughed. And Mm -hmm. the reason they laughed is because she had made a goal for the other team, not for her own team. Well, of course, at such a young age, she didn't get it, you know, Yeah. but I'll tell you what, that laughter that that she could hear from the sidelines uh, made a huge impact on her because she would never play soccer again after that experience and so you know we do have to take that pause and be aware that the things that we say and do and even um, show through our facial expressions really do have such a big impact on our children so when it comes to your son as you think about this way of helping him have a growth mindset and to and to to keep trying it when things are a little harder What are some things that come to your mind around that? Yeah, um, I mean, and I think this will manifest as he gets older as well. (laughs) So I have this idea that, um, and it's not even, it's not even my idea. I read it and it resonated with me so strongly. And so I try and incorporate it in what I do. But uh, we are all raised initially as descendants. So we define our identity from our parents and how we behave in the world is so, so impacted by what our parents do and who they are. And at some point in life, we have to transition to an ancestor and we're making a mark on this world and we will, ha- we will be an ancestor for the next generation. Um, and so I do try and think about with him, um, what can I do to make that transition easier and more comfortable so that he will be a good ancestor for somebody at some age. Um, And that means being courageous and being kind and having manners and having ambition and having self-confidence and faith in himself that he can leave a positive mark on this world and be an ancestor for somebody. Um, But it's this multi-generational kind of way of looking at families and I mean, maybe part of that is just my genetics background. We come from these kind of genetic lineages and ancestors and descendants. There's a rhythm to how the world works. I think a lot of times with parenting, it's so easy to hold on to them being your descendant for so long and you define your identity from them as well. But um, I try and uh, with him, think about what are the tools how can i how how can i build a relationship with him where i'm okay and he is fully uh able to go out into this world and be his own person um 
I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know what that looks like yet. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm. It's a fascinating yeah. thought, though, and it's hard. It's it probably even that idea itself is a little bit wavy in that you don't think that way all the time. Many, no. mo- most of the time, you're in the trenches of the present day with your 19 month old who is needing this and this and this. But then when you come up and you think about the future and think about him as an adult man who is going to have an impact on the world and the things that you can do today, this is a really, um, it's a really interesting thing that parents do to think about their child as, as an adult. As an adult. That's sometimes, sometimes I do imagine like he'll do something or, you know, I, I, I catch a glance and look at him and he looks older, uh, you know, and it catches me by surprise. And I'm like, imagine, you know, one day he is going to be taller than me. He's going to be a a whole person to himself. Like, what is that personality going to look like? Right. I know um, these little boys, they just grow up to be so big. <laughs> when, my son, when my son hugs me, I mean, he just envelops me with his full body. He's tall and broad and, and he's just so big. And, I can't um, mentally, I can't really mentally imagine that yet. <laughs> what you say is so true though, in so many aspects of child development, what happens in the first three to five years really has a huge impact on their later life, their later development. And um, it's such an important thing to just to be aware of and to think about. The thing that is always first on my mind is just the importance of a child being able to trust their environment Mm -hmm. and and to develop this attached relationship between you and them or uh, your baby and whoever is their primary caregiver, whether that's a, you know, a foster parent. We were foster parents for a long time. And I always asked them, please let them stay with us as long as possible. Let us bond good and long before the next thing, if there's a possibility for that, because it does, it's the foundation of their emotional development and it's, and it happens so early. So um, definitely having a, just to build on that, um, you know, there's a silver lining with him being born during the pandemic. And that is that, I was home, you know, I, we were all work from home. He didn't go to daycare. He didn't, uh, you know, there was a very stable all day, every day, both parents in the house kind of environment. And I just wonder sometimes as well, I mean, he's not the only child that experienced this, but right. um, I'm curious what these children, how it might impact them. Right. I, it will, it will be a very interesting thing to watch. Um, all of the children who were born during pandemic, how, how, how things are the same and how things might be a little bit different for them. And I just want to say for, um, for the, if you're listening to this and your child is not at home with you, if they do go to a childcare setting or to a sitter or something, um, I just want to tell you that my experience in the early childhood profession is that those of us who take care of your children, we love them very deeply and we do <laughs> form these attached relationships with your child. And we do, I mean, I can, I can bring to mind 25 names of children that I cared for when they were babies. If I saw them on the street, I wouldn't know who they were. They wouldn't know me, but we were attached for a good long stretch and we were able to provide that good foundation for them. And so, um, it's just a good thing to keep in mind as well. Um, and I, uh, 
it's in the, there's pros and cons. Like I worry, not worry, but you know, he doesn't have the same social stimulation that he would get from a daycare as well. So we try and be social, but there's huge pluses from being out in the world that he hasn't experienced over the past couple of years. Um, And he will experience them and he will, you know, he's going to be just fine. (laughs) Kids are just so resilient. You know, they figure it out at whatever Mm -hmm. place they are, whether they are two years old meeting new friends or five years old meeting them in in, uh, kindergarten. Um, So just one uh, last question for you. If you were going to give people a takeaway on this whole conversation about keeping a learning mindset, but also being kind to yourself in the midst of it. Um, When it comes to understanding how to be gracious with yourself as you are learning all of these new things, what what advice would you have for a new mom based on your experience? Yeah, I'm as a non-professional in this space, but certainly my experience has been this idea that the journey is... um, it's not necessarily comfortable. You don't have all of the answers all the time and nobody does. And that's okay. Uh, And so um, I'm, I've just become being, being a parent really comfortable with being uncomfortable. And um, that's, I do the best that I can on a daily basis. And I try and instill that in my child as well. I think, the way that you model your world as a parent, um, subconsciously, even the tiniest little things the kids pick up. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that is really great. Just get okay with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what parenting is all about. That's right. And, but that's what a growth mindset is as well. It's just right, yeah. pushing yourself to be a little bit uncomfortable. And it's in those moments of being uncomfortable that you grow and you learn things right. about yourself or about what you're dealing with. Like it's, it's always in those moments where you're least comfortable is where the growth happens. Exactly. Right. Yeah, that is really great. So um, how can people find you if they would like to learn more about you and your work? Where, where can people find you? Yeah, so I, um, I am on Twitter. Uh, if people want to follow along, I mean, particularly, I, I tend to uh, talk about um, my work with Trellis Health, what we're building, what the journey is like as a female founder building a tech company. But I also sprinkle in there um, thoughts on motherhood. And I am unapologetic about (laughs) being a mother and how that impacts how I do my work and and both ways. So um, definitely motherhood doing hard things like we all do hard things and building trellis health. You can find me at Estelle J. Giraud uh, is my Twitter handle. Um, And then I'm also, and my DMs are always open. I'm really, I'm about supporting women and parents and people trying to make the world a better place. I'm, I'm always happy to connect with people. Great. And we'll put these links in the show notes as well as a link to your website so people can read about yes. your marriage help. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me. This has been a really great conversation. I know it's going to be helpful for our listeners. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome. 
If you love today's episode, please share it with a friend. The first years can be overwhelming for any parent, whether your baby's a newborn or out there walking and talking and taking on the world by force. So share away. All you have to do is head to the platform where you're listening, click on the share button or the icon and share it to a friend. I so appreciate you taking the time to do so, and it really helps me support other parents on their journey. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now.